0: Hello and welcome to You Philosopher. So it's been a while. Uh, I've been moving and there's been the start of the semester and so things have just been crazy. I haven't had much time Uh, but thankfully I've started being able to take yoga again as the semester has started and after watching this senate hearing I really need it. So I'm going to presume that if you're if you were interested enough to watch this particular video that, you know, uh, about, you know, at least the basics of what's going on here. Uh, so we have someone who has been nominated to Supreme Court. This is a big deal and uh, it's a lifetime appointment. It takes an act of God to get someone out. You have to impeach them. And if someone's impeached for um, like the Supreme Court or the presidency, it's important to remember that isn't a criminal um uh, case an impeachment hearing is much more political and so if there is a Supreme Court justice who is impeached people who are voting about whether or not the person should actually be removed from office are highly likely not to be voting based on evidence but are still are are, are far more likely to be voting based on whether or not they think their own voters the people who voted them into office will be mad at them based on how they vote for or against uh the removal of whomever from office. And so you might go well, Nick, that seems a little bit cynical. Like, why would you think that people are in, uh, in, in something like an impeachment hearing? Why do you think that they would make these decisions based on politics rather than based on evidence? Well, this most recent hearing with Judge Kavanaugh seems to me to stand as the clear as possible evidence to the fact that there is basically nothing left <laughs> of the integrity of our um, governmental system. And in a lot of ways, I think we only have ourselves to blame for that. Um, you know, the conversation that we're about to have, I've been motivated to finally get off of my lazy rear end and have one of these conversations again because I was so upset listening to this hearing because there's just so many things that were appallingly wrong with it. And one of the things that's really terrible about it is the fact that we're not even gonna have an opportunity to talk about the stuff that was most messed up about this. Um, we've been completely distracted from the biggest problem and the the biggest concern. So all of that being said, um, we're we're in this situation now where watching something like these hearings, you realize, that people are voting and engaging in um, what should be attempts to find the truth and come to the truth uh, in the most political of ways, right? Straight down party lines, they're voting and speaking and arguing and questioning. And we'll just put that in quotes, uh, straight down party party lines. And for all of that, um, one thing I will say about it is, is that we really only have ourselves to blame. Like these politicians know that if they buck their own party if they do anything that makes um them not popular in their party and with their party leaders they know that they won't have the support that they need amongst the voters and uh so it's it's a real problem so let's just look at this basically what seems to me not to be too hyperbolistic but a complete and utter collapse of uh a democratic system. So we still have our system going, but what went on in that hearing was appalling. And I, I want to say at the, at the forefront, I really don't want to be particularly partisan about this. In other words, I'm not, I'm not here to pull a Lindsey Graham and go off on like how unfair this is to one person or to another. Um, circumstances like this are never fair. Right. In other words, it's it's not fair to the victim and it's not fair to the accused, depending on whether or not the victim is an actual victim or the accused is actually guilty. No matter what, someone will be going through a process that they shouldn't have to go through. And the whole reason why we're going through that process is to try and find out, at least establish a level of credibility in regards to who actually or is or is not. um uh, being honest, who actually did what people are accusing them of doing so on and so forth. And so, yeah, if you were a victim, this is a terrible process for you to have to go through, especially cause you were victimized and that's awful. And if you are, um, accused of something you didn't do, you're having to defend yourself in, I mean, in this case, you know, in, in national TV, right in front of millions and millions and millions of viewers, um, and your reputation is tarnished, so on and so forth. So no matter what, it's going to be—it's going to end up being unfair to someone. But the reason why these processes exist is specifically so that um, if someone makes a claim, we have a way to defend ourselves. And so yes, it is true, and 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 thankfully that here in the United States, you know, you are innocent until proven guilty. But that doesn't mean that there aren't guilty people either. Um, the process is both a means by which to try and you know. Um, make sure to maintain your innocence, while at the same time giving people who have been wronged in some way an opportunity to, 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 to say something about it or try and prove the fact that something terrible was done to them. So the fact that these hearings exist in the first place, the fact that we had to have a Supreme Court nominee Um, and a PhD university professor who's accusing him of sexually assaulting her when they were in high school. The fact that we have to have that kind of hearing is not something that bothers me that much, outside of the fact that something terrible has happened. So what I mean doesn't bother me, like I'm glad that we have a system that allows for if an accusation of like that is made, um, something is said and done about it as opposed to it just being swept under the rug. I don't necessarily agree that, well, as soon as an accuser comes out, well, that just means that this person is um, not uh, worthy of serving on the Supreme Court. There is something to be said for the possibility that someone comes out and lies. That that can Actually happen, and, and I'm sure it actually does happen, but I'm unwilling to say that that's certainly the case here, right? There seems to be a lot of evidence to suggest that um, that uh, you know the the accuser is not just coming out and and, and making stuff up because there's some sort of, of democratic operative. And so Dr. Ford in doing this has taken s- significant risks. And there seems to be evidence to back up the fact that she didn't really want to have to like come out in these ways to kind of go through this process in, such a, in a, such a public way in the first place. That she had genuine concerns about whether or not this person, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, should be a Supreme Court justice and brought those uh, concerns up to her own representative. And then it, and, and it moved from there. But to kind of just go, oh, well, this is definitely someone who's just making something up. Well, that seems decidedly unfair because the way that you determine something like that um, is through hearings and investigations and so on and so forth. So I don't want to on one hand say, well, this is definitely made up. And I don't on the other hand want to say, well, this is definitely true. Or as soon as someone's accused of something, we're going to treat them as if they actually are guilty. We want to give both parties the opportunity um, to... (coughs) uh, demonstrate what the truth is. By my lights, the whole point here is just to try and come to the truth, which is the thing that it seems to be have completely and utterly lost. Now, part of the reason why this is so much worse than what we would normally see, like we already had a Supreme Court justice who was appointed by um, President Trump, who's uh, very conservative, etc., etc., et, cetera, et cetera, and, and he pretty, pretty much sailed through without it being a big deal. Now, whether or not he's going to be making uh, determinations that you know people agree with so on and so forth is an entirely different thing. But there wasn't really a mess here. Now, in the case with um, Judge Kavanaugh, it's 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 a very different animal, not only because he has multiple accusers, but also because there's this strong push and pull about whether or not it should be rushed, right? Because you have the Democrats on one hand who know that if this process is slowed down sufficiently, there's a possibility that the Republicans might lose the Senate. And as a result, Um, they might uh, have the opportunity to to vote down this nomination and someone who's more appealing, more moderate, might be um, appointed. But the Republicans, on the other hand, know that there's a small chance that they may not um, uh, win the Senate. And so they're trying to move through it as quickly as possible for fear of the small chance that maybe they won't have Senate control. And this seems to me to be incredibly disingenuous. These are these are not the right reasons to engage in anything having to do with, um, <laughs> first of all, rape, accusations of rape, who's on the Supreme Court, or coming to the truth about any of these kinds of things. So all of that being said, what ends up happening now is you have people who are trying to find reasons to slow or speed up the process, and at the same time, giving reasons like that may or may not be true, giving reasons like, oh, uh, we are looking for an investigation and we need more time with an investigation, but that's questionable because we also know you're benefited by slowing the process or people saying, no, we just want to be fair to Dr. Uh, excuse me, to judge Kavanaugh. We just want to be fair to judge Kavanaugh. We don't want to slow the process down for him. This is unfair for him. Well, but your motivation is also questionable. So This is already ridiculous, right? We shouldn't be in a position of having to worry about whether or not senators are speeding up or slowing down a process because they may or may not. In other words, we should feel comfortable in knowing that whoever the senator is, is willing to vote based on facts and evidence presented and, um, what is in the best interest of the nation rather than what is in the best interest of their politics. Now, that being said, someone might make an argument that, well, these senators are playing these games, either slowing it down or rushing it because they're doing what they believe to be in the best interest of the country. Like they either think the country would be genuinely harmed by Judge Kavanaugh serving on the Supreme Court, or they believe that the country would be genuinely benefited by him serving on the Supreme Court. But even if that were the case, even if that was the case, and I don't believe that's the case about uh, for everybody. I mean, it seems to me that you're talking about positions of power and people seek power. And when people come into power, they genuinely believe that they believe power, uh, believe that they deserve that power. Um, And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that, that, you know, that people feel that way. Um, But even if it is the case that they're doing it out of this motivation where they're using questionable means to achieve laudable ends, that is still not the way a justice system should work. Right. In other words, we do not engage in a system of justice here in the United States such that we say, OK, well, we're going to do something like punish this person because it, it will, uh, even though they're not guilty, because it will go about bringing about a better end like other people will see that punishment and go, oh, my goodness, I never want to commit that crime, Look, you know, or vice versa. Right. We don't want to let someone go who is guilty for fear of it looking bad. Right whether or not the ends are um, somehow, uh, you know, the, the consequences that we're getting to, whether or not they are positive ends or ends that we want to achieve, we gut our system. We completely undermine the system itself, a system that's based on the idea of like obtaining justice and getting the truth, especially when you're doing something like a hearing. When it becomes a matter of, well, we're willing to use insidious or questionable means and ways of doing that, so you already so the, the the whole game is already laid out in a, in, in a in a, in a really terrible terrible way. Now. W- so the way that this whole thing progressed then, like at first I thought was going relatively well. Like if you listen to the hearing, like if you want to give yourself an embolism, like listen or watch this hearing. Because at first what you have is is you have a prosecutor who's questioning Dr. Ford, the accuser, and then you have the Democrats who are also questioning Dr. Ford, the accuser. Now the prosecutor who's questioning her is appointed to do this because um, the Republicans asked her to ask their questions. Each Senator only gets like five minutes for each question. For for each of their questioning sessions, so that ends up being very very little time. There's eleven Republicans and ten Democrats on this committee, so um, some people are saying, well, the only reasons why the Republicans had this prosecutor was because of the optics, is it would look bad to have a whole bunch of you know older white men digging into um, a woman who's very possibly a victim of sexual uh, sexual assault and asking her you know really uh, you know probing questions about that. Um, but whether or not they did it because it looks bad, I think the end of that result ends up being um, a, a good thing. And notice that in this case, it's not a question of means or ends. In other words, it's a question of whether or not the motivation is a problem. So whatever their motivation is, I don't know. But the the result was is that you have they you have someone who's an actual expert on asking these kinds of questions, a prosecutor who's an expert in sexual assault, <clears throat> asking questions about um, uh, this particular incident. And so you get some really excellent questions and it's difficult. And there's no question that if, um, Dr. Ford is telling the truth or believes that she's telling the truth, either which way that this was hard and not fair to her, right? Like to have to go through this kind of process, but it's a process that exists to, try to come to the truth. Now, the first thing that really irks me is, is then that many of the Democrats, though not all, in asking their questions, didn't really ask questions. They spent most of their time kind of going, oh, well, we really appreciate you being here and you're so brave, et cetera. Now, these things are true. Like assuming that Dr. Ford is not lying, et cetera, et cetera, like her doing this is brave, is something that should be lauded, is definitely like impressive, you know, far braver than probably something I could ever do. Um, Having said that, that belongs like in a press conference or in private, like, you know, thank you, you know, uh, this is a powerful thing that you're doing. But since you only have five minutes to ask a question, you use those five minutes to ask these questions and to try and get to the truth, because you, you don't want to presume that um, Judge Kavanaugh is guilty either. So that number one immediately is problematic, where I couldn't help thinking, well, if you're a Democrat and you're you're not a lawyer, Uh, and you know, you're not going to be that good at asking questions. Just give your questions to this same prosecutor, like, because this person's an expert on this and the whole idea is to try and be as objective as you can. All right. So however, Dr. Ford comes across as a very credible witness. Wait, that just ends up being the case. Not someone who knows everything. It's certainly been a long time, right? Um. But she's not coming across necessarily in a way that, and this is important. I don't. I'm not going to concern myself with does she seem like she's telling the truth. What I'm, what I am going to concern with, with myself with is, is she contradicting herself? Right? Is, is are parts of her story not adding up? And so in that regard, she seems very credible. Right? There don't there don't seem to be issues of contradiction. Where where there are holes, she acknowledges that there's that there's holes or that she doesn't know. She doesn't try and kind of step beyond her ability to prove something. And then Judge Kavanaugh came on and this is this is where I just completely like lose my mind because I like to believe that everyone who serves as a judge, and keep in mind, not just on the Supreme Court, but these people who go into being on the Supreme Court have been serving in some of the most important courts in the country, right? So Judge Kavanaugh has been serving for many, many, many years on the second most powerful court in the country. So it's not like this is just a new kind of job for him. He knows how the system works, right? And he knows that his job as a judge is to be objective and, and, for getting calm, right? But to be thoughtful and thorough and to not get in the way of the pursuit of truth. If anything, right, his job is to help pursue the truth, right? Even or maybe especially when it is he who is in question, right? He should not be obfuscating. He should not try and be in the way of achieving the truth, et cetera, et cetera. And I would think because of the nature of his career, he would be even more careful and more respectful of the system, even if other people are acting like it's a circus because he wants to maintain the quality and the credibility of that, which he is a key and essential part. And though, in other words, for him to, to, to shake the foundations of the system of asking questions and trying to come to tru- the truth and Senate hearings and so, on and so forth, for him to do it, it's far worse that if someone else had come, like if Dr. Ford had come on, you know, yelling and obfuscating and not really asking questions and being contentious and so on and so forth, if Dr. Ford had done this, it wouldn't have been decimating to the system itself. If anything, it just would have kind of undermined her credibility. It'd be like, okay, well, you got another witness here who's just a yelly, screamy, defensive person, right? And we see that kind of thing happen in court with regularity. But when it's a judge, when it's a powerful judge, you have someone who's actually part of the system undermining a system. It's like a teacher undermining teacher, teaching, a doctor undermining uh, medicine, so on and so forth. So let me give you an example of the kind of thing that I'm talking about, without even like the the, the anger that's coming out, just just to read it straight up. So you have um, Senator White House asking a question of Judge Kavanaugh, right? Saying, uh, did the word Ralph you use in your yearbook, and presumably he's trying to find out if, uh, uh, Judge Kavanaugh drank enough that he's perjuring himself. In other words, Judge Kavanaugh didn't come out and say, oh, well, yeah, when I was a kid, I drank a lot. I certainly don't think anything like this happened, but I did in fact have black blackouts because I was stupid. And if I did, I've clearly destroyed someone's life or at minimum someone thinks I've destroyed their life and that's terrible. You know, like I would want to to never let something like that happen. And as someone who's trying to go for the Supreme court, I want to legislate in a way that protects people like Dr. Ford. So anyways, so White House is trying to figure out if, 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 uh, uh, Judge Kavanaugh is lying about the fact, cause he said, listen, I, I don't drink like that. I, you know, I, I, you know, I've had too many beers, but I never drank enough to to black out. I never drank that heavily. And so he's trying to find out the word Ralph, because there's these weird things like being part of like the hundred keg club and stuff that seemed to suggest that there's much more partying going on than Judge Kavanaugh lets on. And so, uh, White House asks that question and uh, Judge Kavanaugh replies, uh, I already, already answered. And White House says, does it refer to alcohol? Kavanaugh said the question, if you're, And White House says, did it relate to alcohol? Because that part of the question hasn't been answered yet. He says, you haven't answered that. Kavanaugh replies, I like beer. I like beer. I don't know if you do. White House says, okay. Kavanaugh replies, do you like beer, Senator, or not? White House says, "Um, next. Kavanaugh says, what do you like to drink? So just think about what happened. Now, this is just like one short excerpt out of hours of testimony. And the thing that just drove me insane was the obvious unwillingness to answer questions. And in this like way of turning it back on the questioners, like it was really very deft um, insofar as, you know, I, you see people find a way of putting people back on their heels when they're in, in some sort of questioning or accusatory scenario. And all of a sudden, you've got senators who are being asked things like, well, have you ever blacked out? Have you ever drank that much? And this wasn't just like one case or like one irritating senator and uh, Judge Kavanaugh just finally like lost his cool, right? This is multiple, multiple, multiple times of which this is happening. This is only made worse then by the fact that at first um, you have, so you going back and forth, the... Uh, judge Kavanaugh's being especially belligerent with the Democrats, who he's accused of completely destroying the system and being part of of, of basically like a, a Clinton liberal funded attempt to destroy his career, um, which is like, again, as a judge, you need to present evidence. You don't just say it. And, and some people I think might reply, well, the evidence is in the hearing. No, the hearing happens because someone made an accusation. And then you, as someone who helps... Support the foundations of justice. Go out there, and you present your evidence, and you present the truth to the best of your knowledge. And 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 you like, why would you help undermine the system that you're saying other people are undermining? So, anyways, uh, the, the Democrats are now trying to ask questions. And and for the most part, they're not doing a particularly good job of doing that either because a fair number of them are using this as an opportunity to grandstand where they're saying things like, well, don't you think there should be an FBI investigation? Now, don't get me wrong. Once or twice asking Dr. Kavanaugh, excuse me, asking Judge Kavanaugh, do you think that an FBI investigation would be useful to you as someone who's claiming your innocence? Wouldn't you like to have more witnesses called who would corroborate your story? And it, these were questions, again, that, uh, judge Kavanaugh wouldn't like really answer directly he's like well I'll do whatever the committee wants yep but would you what do you want like do you would you like to have people come up and testify for you under oath so on and so forth so but the, the the Democrats really start like just beating away at that same point and it just becomes a talking point like we think there should be this okay we know that but we think there's a witness there in front of you potentially right there's someone there's an accused person right ask them probing questions now the problem is of course when he is asked probing questions he doesn't genuinely answer them. And then the Republicans at first, I would think to their credit, they're having that same prosecutor ask Judge Kavanaugh questions. Epic. Again, this is someone who's an expert on this. I would have liked for the Democrats to have also given their questions to Judge Kavanaugh, to the prosecutors, again, especially if they don't have experience in law, because great, this is an expert who knows how to deal with it. And isn't going to use the we know that she's not going to use this opportunity for our own political gain, or at least is far less likely to do so than than a senator, which is a sad thing to say, by the way. So then, but after some pretty good questions, right? Like this lawyer is good at her job. Um, after some good questions, uh the, the, the Republican senators decide to just basically say, we're just going to ask the questions for ourselves. And then the questions of course are no longer genuine questions. Then they spend the rest of the time just saying, this is a wonderful man. You're destroying his life. How dare you destroy his life? So on and so forth. And again, don't get me wrong. If Judge Kavanaugh is not guilty, that sucks, right? That's a terrible thing to have to go through if you aren't aren't guilty. But this is our opportunity to demonstrate that, right? So like Kavanaugh kept getting really angry because he would say things like, well, you have me here now, so ask me questions. Stop asking for other witnesses, which is a weird thing for a judge to say, like, when did you want, like, <laughs> as much evidence as possible? But okay, right? You, you, you have me here, ask me questions, but then... When he's being asked questions, he's not even fully answering them. And then when the Republicans have a chance to ask him questions, they start not asking questions either. And so it's like, how can anyone be saying, well, you have me here, just ask me questions. When you're either not answering them, you're taking as much time because people only have five minutes. So you're you're now asking them questions, trying to delay it, presumably. right? And then the other half of the group of people who have the opportunity to ask questions aren't asking questions. And they're just talking about how awesome you are. And I would have... I would have been the happiest person if after Lindsey Graham had spoke, because Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham blew the whole thing up, right? Where he just kind of goes off on how this is a sham. Like he gives this very impassioned speech about like how unfair this is to Judge Kavanaugh. I would have loved it if Judge Kavanaugh had replied afterwards, you know, we are friends, Senator Graham, thank you for your support. Having said that, it is very, very important to my good name that we are not seen as not taking every opportunity that we can to answer questions. Whether or not there's an FBI investigation is not up to me, but here and now we have this opportunity. So ask me questions because I have the evidence. I will give you everything I can because I know the truth and I want the you know 20 million people watching this to know the truth as well. That to me would have spoken to credibility. That would have spoken to, I'm willing to tell the Democrats, ask me questions, right? But I'm also willing to tell the Republicans, ask me questions. But of course, none of this happens. And I've already gone on far too long. But look at the whole thing that's happened here. Here's the thing that I wanted to point out from the beginning that I mentioned. What have we spent the whole time talking about? Perjury. That's, I mean, and that's important, by the way, right? perjury. Whether or not Judge Kavanaugh is lying when he says things, no, like I really didn't drink that much. That wasn't the kind of life I led, right? I've never blacked out, so on and so forth. That's what we're talking about. Because most of the questions end up being about like, are you perj- perjuring him? So if we're going through his yearbook, like who wants to go through someone's high school yearbook? No one wants to go through someone's high school yearbook. There's a lot of embarrassing stuff, like a lot of stuff that we have to outgrow. Heck, I wouldn't want people going through my personal life now. But that being said, The reason why they're going through that is because he's literally said, I was not that kind of person when I was young. Like, I didn't drink. I was this kind of student, so on and so forth. So now we have not just a question of, well, whether or not sexual assault was committed, but whether or not there's evidence to the contrary of things that you said under oath about who you are and who you were and how you were living your life at that time, etc. So what are we not arguing about then? Sexual assault. That's the thing that's where we complete. So we have this person who my guess is, is either a, a victim or believe she legitimately believes she is. This seems to me that there's very little evidence to suggest that she was just like paid off or just made it up. It's possible. That seems to me to, 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 to be unlikely as she's at least said to her, um, therapist in the past, I was sexually assaulted, though she did not name judge Kavanaugh. So there's, there's someone who's been victimized. And what we're not doing as a society is really genuinely trying to determine how we should deal with that kind of vic- victimization. How to deal with that victimization when it's 35 years later. How to deal with that victimization when um, it's you know a very powerful person. How do we deal with that victimization when it's uh, a, a credible witness? How do we deal with any of this? Because there's a very real question here that comes up. Lots of stuff that we're ignoring. We've got something like Last time I checked something like 55% of Republicans say, even if he did it, he should be on the Supreme court. Now I'm hoping that they're not including perjury in that, which by the way, again, it's ridiculous thing to have to say like, well, I mean, cause if the thought that's going through people's mind is, well, I would lie about this too. Yeah, but you're not a Supreme court justice. Your job is not to maintain the constitution, truth and integrity of the United States right? You're not in charge of maintaining the legal order of the most powerful country in the world. So whether or not you did stupid stuff when you were young and whether or not you're willing to lie under oath now is a lot less important than whether or not someone who, when they lie under oath, is undermining the system that they are appointed to protect. Not just if he's appointed to be on the Supreme Court, the system that he's serving now as a judge. But again, what we're not talking about is sexual assault and important questions like, okay, if someone did do something atrocious 35 years ago, does that mean that they cannot be an important or powerful person later on? Like, what about circumstances with their when they're genuinely apologetic? What if there's circumstances in which they were actually blackout drunk and turned into a complete horrible person when they were? Does that mean that they can't like is there is there a place for forgiveness? If so, when and how? Is it different when it's a man or women who this is happening to? There's like the plethora of questions of like, how do, we, how do we protect victims in this case? Like, even if they're inaccurate, at the minimum, we have someone who's gone to their therapist and said that they've been sexually assaulted and now has talked about it in front of the entire country. A university professor at that. Like, imagine like teaching your students. Hey, professor, how you doing? How's the case hearing going like what a nightmare. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is not a nightmare. If, if, if judge Kavanaugh is innocent, it's clearly a, a a nightmare for him. However, I'm not willing to equate him, maybe not getting the job that he wants, having his good name besmirched, um, being, um, you know, tormented in these ways that are really, really quite torment. I'm not going to, equate equate that to sexual assault i'm not going to say that they're the same animal i would not want either one of them to happen to anyone but but sexual assault is a special kind of awful evil that people experience and it's like the one part of it that that we're not really talking about we're willing to talk about whether or not someone should have to go through this if it only happened 35 years ago if they were just a stupid kid is it fair to him to have that to answer about it now, so on and so forth. We're willing to talk about that, but we're not willing to talk about, like, is there a statute of limitations for someone and their trauma after being sexually assaulted? Sorry about that, I've gone on too long and my phone decided to cut me off. So anyways, the point being is, is yeah, trauma isn't the kind of thing that we get to decide for other people when they're over it. Um, the, the amount of sexual violence that takes place in this country and that we've been kind of okay with. It's just way, there's just way too much of it. Um, it doesn't just happen to women, but there seems to be a significant like amount that is directed towards women. And th- the question that we really want to ask ourselves is, um, how, how are we going to treat the victims who we're basically completely ignoring in all of this and their victimization, right? We're trying to find ways to blame them but in addition to that, how how do we treat victims in a way that helps change our culture so that, that this doesn't happen? You know, you, you see, as at least as far as I'm concerned, every time you've seen in a movie, you know, two people arguing and one of them grabbing the other and just kissing them and then they like slowly melting into that kiss, that's an, a, a, a kind of assault. But we view it as romantic and that idea, that, those kinds of ideas are the ones that, that that need to change. There's no question that a lot of people, particularly young men, I, presumably young men back in the 1980s, were getting mixed messages about what they were allowed to do and so on and so forth. And it's time that we stop having mixed messages about it. And this is an opportunity to stop having mixed messages. It's not okay to touch people who don't want to be touched. It's not okay to verbally, Say anything to people who don't want to, and it's not always clear. And we always want to be as careful to be as clear as we can about what our limits are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the end of the day, we definitely, definitely should not be asking ourselves questions like, "Well, when should the victim kind of be over it? Should she be over it now? Should he be over it now?" I'm not. I don't care if it was sixty years later. I would not say that. <clears throat> I wouldn't say it to a veteran, right, who's uh, served and. Been exposed to mass death, mass death and trauma. You know, I wouldn't say that to someone who was beaten as a child. I wouldn't say it to anyone who's been through any significant trauma. And here's the simple fact of the matter: is sexual assault and you know assault on one's personal space and on one's sexuality is a trauma. It's life changing, and we need we need to finally start not just being willing to talk about it, but ask ourselves how we're going to improve our society so that we don't keep doing it. Anyways, with that, I hope you have a wonderful week.